Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are going to talk about the new Jet series that is available on YouTube. It is called Flight 23. It's available courtesy of One Jets Drive Films. And so I figured, why not get the director on to talk about the first episode, which just dropped, plus the entire series, the concept behind it, what went into making it, and all of that. Mr. Seth Bradley. Seth, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. So, Seth, let's talk about the overall concept here. There's obviously a push and pull between what you want the fans to know and what they're not allowed to know, because obviously there's some behind the scenes stuff that's not going to be suitable for the public to watch. How do you go about figuring out what should and shouldn't be in each of these episodes? No, it's actually a great question. It's like we've um, we've built up a really good relationship with our front office, um, Joe Douglas and his staff. Um, Coach Sala and his staff, um, they've really kind of, you know, opened their doors to us, you know, the last couple of years to kind of give fans, you know, a very unique um, peek behind the curtain. But, you know, at the same time, we're we're not looking to kind of overstep in, and ruin our relationship with them and kind of like their trust. So we, we have a really good, you know, kind of it's it's kind of a great balance. You know, we kind of. Um, you know, this will be my 10th season with the Jets coming up. So I kind of have a really, you know, good idea of, you know, what we might be able to push, you know, when we might be able to push the limits a little bit, you know, when we're going to scale back, um, you know, to try to not uh, breach our trust. But really, like, you know, we we have a great PR team here that kind of, you know, helps us in terms of, you know, knowing what to put in, knowing what not to put in. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're really looking to just, you know, try to tell the story of this organization. Um, to the best of our ability. You know, I think we do these types of series for the fans. You know, I think it's supposed to give fans, you know, a unique look into the organization. And, you know, over the you know the past couple of years, um, going back to flight 
2021, um, which was the first iteration of this. And then last year with 22, it was, um, you kind of see the, the trust level grow in terms of what we're showing the fans and, and really kind of that, that's a credit to our staff um, in terms of the relationships we've kind of built with that side of the building. So um, it's really just a fine balance. You know, we kind of, um, you know, there's certain things we probably wish we could put in, you know, and, you know, obviously like if, you know, an NFL films or hard knocks or anything like that is going to, you know, kind of probably be able to show more than what we can internally. But, um, but that's also kind of part of the job, you know, we're also, you know, obviously an internal production team. So we're not looking to breach the trust of, you know, the football team, which is the most important thing, you know, winning games is the most important thing. So we're trying to, you know, protect the brand, you know, really at all costs. I know that a lot of these players and coaches are used to being in the spotlight, especially being in New York, but I'm sure there's a different element to it when you're talking about having cameras around them all the time. Is it a situation where some of the players and some of the coaches are a little bit awkward at first? It takes them a while to really open up and relax with the cameras around? Yeah, I think that it's it takes some time to kind of build that. You know, I, I kind of always use the analogy of like, would you want somebody filming you while you were doing your job, you know, on a daily basis? And, you know, pretty much I would say 99% of the world would say like, absolutely not. Like, I don't want a camera around me or whatever. It's like, I know, you know, even doing my job, it's like, I wouldn't want somebody filming me working, you know? So like when you think of, you know, bringing cameras into a draft meeting or bringing cameras into a free agency meeting and, you know, um, you know, filming, you know, the staff during the draft, it's having a camera, you know, right there is, is a lot different, you know, and I think, you know, Joe and his staff have really kind of developed a comfort level with us. You know, I think that it's, it's kind of become the norm, you know, it's like, I, you know, going back through different, you know, every coaching staff is different in terms of, you know, what they want shown or what they want filmed, you know, it's like, um, you know, going back to Todd Bowles and his staff, it's, you know, he came from the Bill Parcells tree of coaching. So he was very old school, you know, it was like, we don't really want to show too much. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do that, which is fine. You know, I think every coach has the right to kind of say like, this is my team. This is how I'm going to operate it. But, you know, I think now our coaches and our scouts and everyone else, like we've kind of built up a very good relationship with them that, you know, they're comfortable with us being there. They kind of know like, okay, like for the draft, you know, we're going to have multiple cameras in there, you know, Joe's going to work. And I really think like the cool thing about Joe is, you know, you know, last year when we were filming him, you know, making all the calls to trade up for Jermaine, you know, when we showed him that scene after the fact, he kind of said like, man, like, I don't even remember a lot of this. Like I was so locked in and you kind of, you get a sense when he's like working in there that he doesn't even really like, he's not even really like aware that the cameras are there, but occasionally he'll like look up at the camera and he'll like give a nod to the camera and you kind of like, all right, like, you know, let's go with it. But, you know, I think Joe in particular, you know, I, I worked for um, the first job I got in sports was, you know, from a guy, Eric Long that is now the VP of production from the Eagles. And, you know, when the Jets hired Joe, um, he, reached out to me and he said like, Hey, like you guys are going to love Joe, you know, he's one, he's, you know, obviously going to build a championship level team at the jets, but two, he's great, you know, at building a culture and having great relationships with, you know, the people in the building. And, you know, I think the cool thing about Joe, you know, the number one thing I'll say about him is he wants to highlight the guys that work for him. You know, he doesn't really want to be in the limelight. And I think coach Sal is the same way. It's like, I think, 
certain coaches and GMs, you know, they want the camera on them all the time. They want it to be their show. And I think Joe has done a really good job of, you know, framing this up. Like it's everybody below him that's, you know, in the weeds doing all this stuff and he wants to highlight them. And I think this, this series in particular has allowed us to do that. I think you get to know Rex Hogan, you get to know Greg Nejma, you get to know John Carr, who's the director of college scouting, Chad Alexander, um, and all these like area scouts that are out on the road 95% of the year. And then um, it gives us an opportunity to highlight the coaching staff as well. Yeah, I thought that was one of the more endearing parts of Flight 2022 last year, for sure, is getting to know the guys that are important but don't get as much notoriety. But in terms of the guys that do get a lot of notoriety, Robert Sala really seems to have a knack for having that camera presence. He really understands how to shine, or at least that's how it comes across to me. Talk to me a little bit about the coach and then everybody else behind the scenes. Who are some of the guys that stood out to you when you were filming in terms of compelling characters for you when you're making a series like this? Yeah, I think Coach Sal is great. You know, I think from the day he walked in the building and was hired, you just felt a different presence to him and in, in, in the way he goes about his business. You know, it's like, um, you know, they they preach the culture and, you know, like they're going to bring the right guys in the organization. And I'll say like, um, he practices what he preaches. You know, every member of the coaching staff is great to be around. Every, every, you know, a person on the scouting staff, you know, with Joe's staff, it's, it's great to be around. I think with, with Coach Sala, he he just has such a even demeanor and kind of you, you always feel like, man, like this guy's really got a handle on, you know, the team and everyone is very much on the same page, like him and Joe working together. It's, it's really been awesome to see. But I think in terms of, you know, working with the other guys, you know, on his staff and Joe's staff, it's like, you know, really – have enjoyed getting to work with Rex Hogan the last couple of years. You know, I think he, I think it's just been really cool to kind of, you know, develop relationships with him and, you know, kind of see, you know, a guy that's moved up the scouting ranks and is now, you know, an assistant GM with the Jets. Um, Greg Nejma has been, you know, incredible the last couple of years. Um, you know, he's, he really drives the ship in terms of, you know, acquiring free agents and, you know, the pro personnel side with the Jets. Chad's great. Um, Chad Alexander. But then I think with the coaching staff, it's like you kind of see some of these characters that, you know, I think Jets fans are really going to, you know, see shine through even in the later episodes of, of this particular series. It's like Aaron White Cotton is, you know, one of the best, you know, most electric personalities in the building. You know, I think when you see him in the draft meetings, you know, coming up in episode two and in episode three, it's like it's there's such conviction with him. You know, it's like I, I think um, – and that's the biggest thing I think, you know, we like to have come across in this show is I think there is such conviction with every move made. And I think that's a co- kind of cool thing about being behind the scenes with these guys throughout the, throughout the process is you kind of, you kind of see, you know, the, when it starts and they, and they start to go through their process of evaluating players and things like that. And by the time you hit the draft and behind the time you hit, you know, we're going to trade for our Roger and things like that. Like there's such preparation and everything that goes into it. And you kind of feel like, man, like, um, you know, I'll never forget last year when, you know, the first round of the draft happens and, you know, the minute we picked Garrett, you could see, you know, is, is, um, other teams were passing on Jermaine. You could kind of see like, Hey, like they're going to go for Jermaine. Like we knew like they really like loved him throughout the process. And because we kind of had that, 
you know, in the back of our mind, we knew like, this is the guy they're going for. Like they're going to go for Jermaine, um, you know, and that's kind of like developing these relationships with these guys. But Aaron White Cotton, Tony Oden's incredible. Um, we featured him on one just drive last year, but you know, his work is, you know, a quarterback coach is, is incredible to see and, you know, what he's doing with Stoss. Um, but I think, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do, you know, in, in the next couple episodes of the show is really highlight some of these coaches and, and bring their personalities to light. And you'll kind of get a, you know, a really cool inside look at the, at the draft process. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Seth, how about some of the players? Now we're going to get into the specifics of episode one in a little bit, and obviously it's centered predominantly around Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers himself certainly seemed to be a guy that really took to this. Tell me about some of the players. Aaron Rodgers seems to stick out, at least from what I saw. Any other guys that really stand out to you? With Aaron, it was, you know, I think him coming in the building for the first time, I think there was just such a presence to him that, it, you know, I haven't, ever really been around before, you know, and I think that naturally comes with, you know, a guy that's played, you know, 18 years and is, you know, a future Hall of Famer. Like, you you don't really know what to expect. You're, you know, the crew is a little bit, like, on edge because we're just like, okay, like, let's make sure we're all buttoned up. Like, let's, you know, and then he sits down in the chair and there's a moment where, you know, Will Hahn, you know, our wizard with audio goes up to put a mic on him and he says, like, no, 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 I'm not going to put it on. And then he laughs and has him come back over and we all kind of like took a breath at that time and said like, you know what, like this guy's really cool. You know, it's like, he's really like this, just a human, like we're sitting here like, and we're going to have this conversation with Aaron Rodgers. And it's, um, I think the crew left that day just being like, man, like what a presence, like, and, and how he carried himself, you know, from the minute he walked in the, in the door for that first day. And I think that, I think that kind of comes across in the first episode, but you know, the players, you know, thinking, you know, larger scale to, you know, what we kind of do with One Jet Drive and some of these other series and, you know, what we're doing with One JD Films. It's like, uh, you know, I think being able to tell the stories of these guys, you know, to the scale that we do is, you know, probably what I'm most proud of at the Jets, you know. And I think, you know, guys like Brees Hall, guys like Garrett Wilson, um, TJ Mosley, you know, all these guys are – you know, open to us coming into their house and, and, and like doing a deep dive story on who they are as people. And, and they love the, they love the um, productions we do. And I think it's kind of cool to see, you know, where we started to where we are now, you know, going back to 2018, 2017, 2016, you know, we used to have to kind of explain to a guy like, Hey, like we want you to open up and tell your story. We want to film you, you know, doing something off the field, you know, for, from one jet drive. And now, you know, players kind of come to us and say like, Hey, like, you know, when am I going to be in one jet drive or, you know, guys come in the door kind of wanting to be a part of that, that show. And, you know, what, with what we're doing with one GD films, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's been really cool. So, you know, honestly, like, you know, Joe, I'll go back to what I said about the culture part. Like Joe has preached from day one, like he's going to bring great guys into the building. And I think we feel that as much as anybody, because, there's not one guy that, you know, we go out to do a shoot with that we're like, hey, man, like, we don't really want to be around that guy anymore. We don't want to feature that guy anymore. Like, they're just such good guys. They're, you know, and and that makes it our job much easier, you know, because we're, you know, obviously, you know, trying to build this brand, but it, it comes across like, man, like, our fans get to know these guys on such like a different level because of how open they are with us. 
Seth, let's talk about the making of this first episode. And this seemed to me to be more of a setting the table type of episode because you've got the three episodes and this is the first one. And it really told the story of the offseason so far in a snapshot. Now, you didn't get into the NFL draft, which I assume is going to come in episodes two and three. But this one was just basically the heartache of the ending of last season and then the Jets formulating their plan and then it ending with them grabbing Aaron Rodgers in that trade with the Green Bay Packers. Of course, we saw along the way the acquisitions of guys like Alan Lazard and Nicole Hardman, but it seemed to me to be essentially that that's what this episode was for. It was to tell Jets fans, okay, here's where this team was at at the end of last season as their heads are down and they're sad because they ended up losing the last six games of the season and finishing 7-10 and 10 when everybody thought they had a really good chance to make the playoffs. And then the Jets figuring out how to get on the right track, how to get back on that course towards something bigger, like you said, a championship vision, and go out and get Aaron Rodgers. Talk to me a little bit about how you put all of that together and the vision for this particular episode. Yeah, I think when we hit the offseason and we started planning out this series, you know, I think it was obviously much different than last year. You know, last year was heavy on the draft, um, you know, with two first round picks going into it. Obviously, we ended up trading back in for Jermaine for the third first and, you know, drafted Brees and everything like that. So we, last year, you know, you knew Joe was going to build it through the draft. You know, obviously you had the Tyree kill trade um, that almost was the kind of like, you know, he was going to, you know, make a big splash move and things like that. That obviously, you know, he ended up going to Miami, but like, I think going into last year, we knew like the draft was going to be where the jets were going to, you know, do the most damage. And like, that's kind of what the nar- the narrative is going to build up to, you know, this epic first round this year, obviously, you know, the season ends and, um, Joe, Robert, you know, Woody come out and say like, Hey, like we're going to be aggressive going off after a veteran quarterback. So immediately, you know, when we're drawing out the plan for this episode, it's, you know, episode one has got to be the quarterback. You know, we have to tell the story of how we're getting this quarterback. And obviously, you know, at the beginning of the off season, there's so many different options. We don't really know like what direction it's going to go, but obviously we know like there's going to be a different quarterback starting for the Jets week one and 23. So that's obviously going to trump any other story we can do. So I think when we mapped out this episode, my goal was to, you know, obviously when the narrative started to shift and it was like, Hey, like we might get Aaron Rodgers, you know, this might become a thing. It's like, Hey, like this, this is the biggest story, not just in the NFL. It's one of the biggest stories in sports and you know, the last however many years, like this has become like what everybody's talking about on a national scale. So I think our job as storytellers is to kind of, you know, I think my goal with this episode was to say like, Hey, like, you know, 20, 30 years from now, hopefully the jets, you know, win a super bowl with Aaron Rodgers. you know, we want an episode where a fan can look back on it and say like, Hey, this is a story of how the jets got Aaron Rodgers." And I think um, that was kind of our, our, you know, goal going into it. You know, we kind of like let the off, you know, this narrative kind of play out. Um, you know, like I said, like there was a ton of conviction from Joe and Robert and everyone else when they were like, hey, like we're we're all in on Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, obviously there's points in time when you think like, hey, could it be Derek Carr? Could it be, you know, somebody else? But I think when – you look back on this episode, not even like right now, I think 
hopefully with the season the Jets are going to have, you look back on this, and this is a very cool like time capsule telling the story of how the Jets acquired a Hall of Fame quarterback. So that that was really, you know, the goal of it. And it was, you know, I think, you know, our, our crew did such a great job. You know, it's like we have the best, you know, storytellers in the business, you know, from a cinematography standpoint and, and producing standpoint, editing standpoint. I think we just wanted to give the fans, you know, something very entertaining that was going to kind of like let you relive what happened. You know, there were a lot of anxious moments throughout the off season where I was like, Hey man, like, is this going to fall through? Is this, are we getting Derek Carr? Like, what if we don't get Derek Carr? You know, then we have to, you know, make sure we get Aaron Rodgers. It's like, you know, and I think from a storytelling standpoint, we wanted to kind of build up that anticipation, even though it's been now a couple months um, since kind of everything happened, you know, with, from going back to the McAfee interview to, to everything else. So that was really, really our goal. And, you know, I think when you get somebody like Aaron Rodgers, it's, you know, that story is going to trump all. So, you know, basically um, I know we talked about, you know, me coming on after, you know, episode two and everything like that, but episode two kind of shifts to the draft and, you know, we'll kind of get back into some of the Aaron Rodgers stuff in episode three and, and focus a little more on the defense and things like that. But I think this first episode had to be Aaron Rodgers. And I think that was our goal all along. I want to come back to Aaron Rodgers in a little bit because I wanted to ask you to preview a couple of the episodes that are coming up. And as you said, you're going to join me after each of these episodes. We'll do a recap. We'll talk about what went into making the episode, what the goal of the episode was, all of that. So it'll be a little peek behind the curtain of each of these three episodes. But as far as Aaron Rodgers and Joe Douglas and Robert Sella, I thought it was interesting the way that you replayed the clips of Joe Douglas's introductory press conference when he became the general manager of the team in 2019. Then a clip of Joe Douglas meeting with Robert Sella virtually when they were doing the head coach interviews and it became pretty clear that Robert Sella was the Jets' top choice. And so there's that juxtaposition between the beginning of this the vision that was coming together, and then the end of the road, which was Aaron Rodgers showing up at Florham Park, giving everybody hugs, high-fiving everybody. Talk to me a little bit about how you decided to put that together as part of the story. And then also, you were there for Aaron Rodgers walking into the building for the first time. For fans, that's a magical moment. And for you, I'm sure it was something incredible to be a part of. I know you're a filmmaker and you're part of all kinds of different moments, but this was a special one. Talk to me a little bit about being there for that, what it was like to film it, and then how you told that story from the beginning with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala getting hired by the Jets all the way to the end with Aaron Rodgers walking into the facility at Florham Park. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So I think... You know, when you think of, you know, Flight 23, I, th- I don't want a fan to t- turn uh, turn on episode one and be like, this is like the start of the story, because the reality is this started from the time Joe was hired. Um, and it really kind of when Joe hired Robert, it was like, hey, like this is going to be, you know, the change in culture that the Jets need to get us to a Super Bowl. You know, ultimately, that's the goal of every NFL team is to win Super Bowl. So. You know, you kind of when when he hired Robert, it was like everyone felt it in the building, like, hey, like this is this is gonna be the start of it. But I think when you go back to twenty one, I mean, you knew there was gonna be a lot of, you know, challenges to get to this point. You know, like they were gonna have to build it. You know, they were gonna have to build it through the draft, they were gonna have to build it um in different ways to get to a spot where like, hey, like we can, you know, go all in and like, this is going to be our year. And I think as we were kind of producing the show, like 
they didn't really have to like tell us this, you know, you could kind of see it coming. Like 21 was going to be like the foundation, you know, they were going to start to, you know, instill the culture and, and really kind of put the pieces in place. 22, they were going to take a big jump, you know, because of, you know, the amount of draft picks, you know, Joe had acquired from, you know, the Jamal Adams trade and other moves he had made um, trading Sam and things like that. And then 23 was always kind of like, I don't want to call it the mountaintop because we obviously haven't gotten to the mountaintop yet, but it's like, you know, I think 23 was always going to kind of be the year where it's like, Hey, like they're, they're going to go for it in some way. So I think it's important to kind of show a fan that, Hey, like this is, this is really where it started. You know, this started, you know, when Joe came in the building, you know, in 2019, you knew he was going to do something special here, but it was also going to take some time. You know, it's like rebuilding a, a roster is, you know, a multi-year process. Um, you know, I think it's it's hard for fans to kind of wrap their head around that sometimes because everyone wants like the instant gratification of it. But I think like the cool thing is Joe and Robert and Woody and everybody in the building have really stuck with the plan of like, okay, like this is how we're going to do it. You know, we're going to, we're going to build this the right way. We're going to build it with the right people. And now they have an opportunity to go out and acquire Aaron Rodgers because of what they've done. You know, it's like, I think like for, for Aaron Rodgers to sit there, you know, and Joe and Robert have said it all off season for him to kind of say like, Hey, like the jets is the only place I want to go to is a credit to them. Um, you know, it's a, I think it was really cool to kind of have that moment, you know, working in this organization. I, I know the fans felt it too, but having that moment of like, Hey, like here's a hall of fame quarterback saying, I want to go to the jets and I want to be the guy that's going to take them over the top. So I think, um, you know, that's why we wanted to kind of show that the foundation was laid, you know, a couple of years ago and it was all kind of building to this. Like it would have been easy to start the episode with like Rogers walking in the door and I think fans would have loved it still. But I think it's important to kind of show like where we came from um, to that moment. And, you know, your second question about Rogers coming in, you know, I think for anybody like working here and kind of being a part of that day, like I don't think you know, I probably will never have another day like that in my entire career. You know, it's, you know, I think it's like a once in a lifetime type thing. Um, you know, I think um, it still is kind of surreal that, you know, Rogers is here. You know, I think that it's one of those things where like you, you see him on the practice field, you see him in the building and things like that. But like when he sat down for the interview with us and then you're kind of even like playing back the episode before we deliver it, you know, last night and you're like sitting there like, man, like, is this really happening? You know, I remember, you know, when our equipment guys pulled out the jersey on the day of the press conference to to prep it, you know, it was just like, it really kind of started to set in like, man, like Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, you know, and this is not something that if you would have told me when I started the Jets, you know, nine or 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed it, that it could ever even happen that way. Because you just don't think of Aaron Rodgers being anywhere else but Green Bay. Like, how, how are we going to get Aaron Rodgers? So... I think it was just one of those things where like for our whole staff, you know, our whole crew, our whole production crew, it was like, it was such a great day. It was such a like incredible moment that, you know, I'll tell my kids about, I'll tell my grandkids about, you know, it's just one of those things where like you, you really can't even put into words what that day was like. Seth, we've got episode two and episode three coming up. I want to get a little bit of a preview. I assume that we're going to go inside the NFL draft and then go back to Aaron Rodgers and see more of what actually happened behind the scenes because you left that out of the first episode, I assume, because as we said, you're trying to set the table for what is to come. 
Talk to me a little bit about what Jets fans have in store in episodes two and three. And also got to compliment you on getting Rich Eisen to be the narrator here. I think he's perfect for it considering he's a high profile guy in sports and a huge Jets fan. He really conveys the moment well. He understands the emotion. I thought that came through in episode one. And I'm looking forward to hearing him do it again in episodes two and three. Yeah, it's been great having Rich on. You know, I think that was a huge accomplishment for us, you know, when he agreed to go on um, to be the narrator last year. Um, and then obviously he wanted to come back this year. Like he kind of planted the the seeds for that, even going back to um, an interview with Eric Allen back, you know, around the time of the Super Bowl um, when they did a podcast together. And, you know, it kind of, you know, it's, it's cool, you know, for me, you know, I grew up where Rich was like one of the anchor um the anchors of Sports Center, like the original, like probably the original four. It was like him, Stuart Scott, Dan Patrick, and you know, and some others. And it was like, um, for me as a kid, like you grew up like watching him on Sports Center. And then obviously now he's like become the face of NFL Network. So it's it's kind of surreal for me as just a kid growing up, you know, around sports to, you know, have him narrate, you know, the show, one of the shows that we work on. So um, he's been great. He's awesome to work with. Um, just, just an absolutely great guy, and you know, so incredibly talented. You know, he's he's the best there is. Um, but um, yeah, with episode two, I think fans are going to get a really cool inside look at the draft. Um, you're going to go into the draft meetings, um, you know, in April and February, and kind of see like you know how they got to the spot where you know Will McDonald was high on their board, and then um, Joe Titman. We have some really cool insights into him. And, you know, I think um, it's it's just kind of cool to see. I think one of my favorite parts about the draft is seeing Joe, like, really in his element. You know, I think he, like, shifts to a whole other level when he's in the draft room, um, you know, when when we're waiting to pick and kind of like those moments leading up to it. I think fans are going to get a really cool inside look at, you know, some of the moments prior to when we're on the clock and, you know, really just kind of like how Joe operates, which, you know, obviously, like, the fans – we're able to see last year a lot, but, you know, I think that's one of the coolest parts for me is, you know, he just, he locks in and he is at another level when he's, you know, in the draft room, which is, is really cool to see. But um, the, the other cool thing that fans are going to get is they're going to get a really cool inside look into um, Kyle who made the pick for us in Kansas city. Um, we had cameras following him at the facility the day he came here to do the, the pre-draft press conference. And it was just, you know, there's, everyone meeting him and things like that. And, and those kind of cool moments, you're going to get a little bit of like a backstory on, you know, who he is and, and really kind of like the lead up to that, you know, moment in Kansas city where I think all Jets fans really kind of, you know, fell in love with him as, you know, this kid is getting to like live out his dream and make, you know, a pick for the Jets. So um, yeah, episode two is going to, you know, be a really great insight, inside looking at the draft episode three. Um, like you said, like, We'll, we'll go back to the Rogers trade a little bit. We're also going to give you, um, you know, really cool, some really cool access to Nathaniel Hackett, um, kind of talking about you know, his relationships with Aaron and, you know, break down film and things like that. And it also, um, you know, a look at the defense, you know, because we're, we're, you know, the, the one thing we didn't want to ignore is the fact that the Jets had a top five unit and it only got better this offseason. So we really want to kind of, you know, give them their moment in the series because I think, you know, at the end of the day, if the Jets are going to win a championship, it's going to be a lot to do with how good this defense is. So we want to kind of give them that moment. But we, you know, 
you'll go inside a team meeting. There's other things that are going to come that I think fans are really going to really going to like. Seth Bradley, the director of feature productions and original programming at One Jets Drive Films. He is, of course, the director of One Jets Drive and Flight 23. Seth, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to doing this with you each week after the other two episodes. For those that want to check out everything that you've got up video-wise, including Flight 23, how can they do that? And also, what else are you going to be working on? I know that One Jets Drive is coming up in August. Any other projects in between? Yeah, absolutely. We've got some really cool stuff coming up. So, you know, I think um, one thing I wanted to you know, make fans aware of is, you know, I think with, with one JD films, essentially what that is, is kind of like our 30 for 30 brand, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for us to tell, you know, multiple stories past what even just one just drive is, which it's really cool. The fans really gravitate towards one just drive, you know, that's our signature show. It's our signature brand, but um, what we've been trying to do is kind of expand past that where you, you really kind of have an opportunity to see some very unique stories. So um, one one project in particular I'm really excited about is we'll be documenting um, the Hall of Fame enshrinement for Darrell Revis and Joe Klecko. Um, fans are going to get, you know, documentaries on both of those players, which I think is going to be, you know, such a cool moment for them. We'll be in Canton, kind of like an all-access look at, you know, their their Hall of Fame enshrinement. One project I'm really excited about that, you know, I think fans are going to be really excited about is we've been documenting Brees Hall's road to recovery. Um, you know, we've been working with the training staff, um, really, you know, an all-access look at, you know, his road back. Um, and Brees is, you know, one of my favorite players on the team to work with. You know, he's he's such a great guy. And obviously, like, I think fans, you know, were, as we were, you know, devastated when he went down against Denver last year. But, you know, I think, you know, seeing kind of how hard he's worked to come back, I think is going to be, you know, something that, you know, fans are really excited about. You know, we're really excited about it. It's, you know, really like kind of like, the first of its kind documentary that we've ever done here. Um, so that will be a one just uh, one GD film special um, coming this fall. And then um, the diehards, you know, it's a, a very unique fan series that we kind of have started, you know, we've, we featured some fans already, but you know, that series will be continuing into the fall where we'll, we'll have an opportunity to profile some of the, you know, the biggest fans, um, you know, of one of the most unique groups in sports, you know, I think Jets fans are, you know, you know, a whole other, you know, level compared to, you know, other teams in the, in, in sports. And I think um, we've really tried to build, you know, a great relationship with this fan base and, and we're trying to profile, you know, and, and tell the stories of, you know, some of the most unique fans, um, you know, in this organization. So, you know, and that on, all on top of one just drive, which, you know, will obviously be coming back. You know, I think it's one of our signature, you know, shows and, um, you know, I know the, the fans, you know, kind of gravitate towards that series, but we're obviously going to tell the story of this team, you know, from, you know, the beginning of the season to the end. So, you know, I think um, all those projects we're, we're really excited about, you know, our, our crew is, you know, our doesn't, they don't sleep, you know, it's like, we really kind of like, it's nonstop, you know, we'll get done with play 23 and we'll immediately pivot to some of these other projects, but, you know, fans obviously will have a lot to look forward to, you know, um, between the hall of fame and, you know, some of these other things coming up, I think it's going to be just like such an exciting season. And, you know, we're really going to be able to tell the story of this team in a unique way. 
Make sure that you check out everything that Seth is doing over at One Jets Drive Films. There are a lot of great projects in store, as you heard Seth say. You're going to see a lot of cool stuff with Darrell Revis and Joe Klecko as they get ready to go into the Hall of Fame. Brees Hall on the comeback trail, so much more. Plus, of course, you got One Jets Drive coming up in August, and the next two episodes of Flight 23 are coming up. Seth will join me to recap those episodes after each one, so make sure you check out everything Seth is doing. Make sure you check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, including a bunch of good ones on Aaron Rodgers, the Jets draft class, so much more. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T E E public.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com.